Bird fought the law. Law lost. And the law lost. LSU, Bama. The law lost. <laughs> Bird of Angel. Tonight. <laughs> Saints on the rise. And the Cowboys. <laughs> and the Cowboys fought everybody and lost. Yes. yes. Nothing to talk about today. That'll wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks to Bubba Winningham and Chevy <laughs> yeah. Land for supporting us. Fletch and Roy Show, driven by Chevy Land. Here we are at Strawn's, where I imagine a couple hours ago there were about 7,000 people in here. A bird game day. Uh, it's a tradition for jackets. Uh, city of Bird Nation, and, and I imagine they were pretty happy this morning. I imagine there is a sense of relief. Uh, you know, think about it. 24 hours ago, you think you were going into the game, biggest game of the year, and it's your final game of the year. Right. Now you're going into the biggest game of the year, knowing that no matter what happens, that you're having a you have a chance to have five more games. Yeah, absolutely. The, the they could have been 100% through their season after tonight, right. but instead they could be 67%. Right. I mean, they they're legitimate tonight. title contenders. They are absolutely. Yes. We'll get to that and much more. LSU Bama. I mean, it's hard to top that, but but locally, this this right. LHSA ruling has, has certainly uh, taken all the news, and we'll we'll get your point on that, uh, your opinion. Some people you talk to on your radio show, uh, I, I know there's, there's lots of side to this, but I, but I think 90% of the people are in agreement that they are happy the kids didn't lose all these games. Mm, it's probably a little high percentage. But you yeah. think it's a little high? I think it's a Not little high. Not necessarily happy with the ruling. But happy that kids get kids to play. Get to play, yes. Right. I think uh, definitely not happy with the ruling. Right. About Although somebody on Twitter last night, I don't know if you saw, said you're an idiot if you think that anybody is mad that this this rule came out that way. A Parkway person. We're all happy for them. I was like, have you talked to? Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of folks at Parkway who are upset. Uh, right. I thought John Bachman put it well today when he called the show. You know, their track team lost the state title. Yeah disqualified for cursing you know what and what was done to those kids i would have probably said a couple of cuss words as right. well uh and threw a baton and so the lhsa threw him out right and he said you know those kids are heartbroken he said we appealed and lost he said so well, i'm still heartbroken for our kids but i'm so happy for the kids right. at bird and i think that's the way you do it yeah. if you're a parkway fan or parkway parent it's okay to be you know, pissed off about your kids getting screwed last year. Right. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be happy for the kids that play girls basketball at Southwood, right. uh, play nine different sports at Bird that are going right. to be able to compete for a state title this year. That much more coming up. Fletch and Roy Show driven by Chevy Land here at Strawn's. Chevy Land proudly recognizes all of you that work so hard to give something back to our community. You are truly a champion. And Chevy Land says thanks. Chevy Land. You know it by the feeling. All we do is win. Back here on the Fletch and Roy Show, win driven it. by Chevy Land. Win Get right it. to it yesterday in Baton win Rouge. Uh, the LHSA overturned the initial ruling, which happened last Friday. That bird, uh, seven sp nine total sports, and more than 300 athletes in Caddo Parish were technically ineligible. Therefore, the sports would not be uh, eligible for the postseason. All that was overturned yesterday. Southwoods girls basketball, as you said, Huntington football, seven more sports at Bird, including golf, which, uh, which certainly is another title contender. You and I, I think we're in agreement that 
if it got overturned, we, we definitely would understand, but we just didn't think it was going to get overturned. LHSA doesn't do that. They, don't, they rule based on the book, and you can appeal all you want, but the principals who are on the executive committee look at the book and go, okay, here's why our executive director said this, because it says it in the book. Right. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you because I'm kind of in your area, but there's 17 of us on this thing. Right. you got to convince nine of us, and yesterday they had to convince uh, – Richard Laverne, former Bird principal, principal of St. Thomas More, right. he abstained. Uh, Jason Rowland, airline principal, he abstained. And two others had to bow out on the teleconference because of handling principal duties. Right. So 13 principals voted, so they had to get at least seven, yeah. and they got eight. Yeah. So it wasn't, like, overwhelming. Right, it but it was, hey, eight out of 13. majority rules, buddy. Exactly. Uh, your initial reaction when you heard that it was overturned? Uh, initial reaction was I think it was the right thing to do. Right. I think that um, it's a bad, it's a good rule, right? But a bad penalty. And as Jason Rowland explained today, you know, uh, he said, "He goes, Fletch, here's the deal." And he verbatim, you know, I'll paraphrase. I'm not going to verbatim, right. but you know, close enough. He said this was put in effect in the mid 2000s mm-hmm. because John Curtis, right? Uh, you know. Was using more than one athletic period, sending kids to weightlifting during other classes. They yeah. were they were having they were able to get better at football, right? Instead of working on their classwork, right? And he said somebody was so upset about it that they made a rule, and they made the rule want to have some teeth to the punishment. And so there was no five hundred dollar fine, right. handbook certification, warning. You know, there was right. no incremental steps to the punishment. It hit straight to the chase where you would yeah. hurt John Curtis the most, and that was get him out of the postseason right and so and you know we use the old phrase that if it had been another school that had originally tried to circumvent the rules this way mm-hmm. let's say if it had been i mean pick out any ravel right uh right. uh you know leesville lakeside right. they would have been said hey guys you can't do that anymore we're going right. to make a rule now that if you do that it's a 500 hundred dollar fine right the penalty wouldn't have been there. and and the flaw in the rule which Listen, it's still a rule. It's in the book. Mike Sugg says he was embarrassed for not knowing that it was a rule. Uh, it was on him. Jerry Badgley, uh, Caddo Parish to, to some extent, um, although some of the schools, obviously, like Captain Shreve and Caddo Parish, were following the rule. But the flaw in the rule is there's no timetable. A period could be 90 minutes, like it used to be, or it could be 50 minutes, like it is now. So... Somebody in the state, even if everybody is, uh, is going by the book, somebody in the state is getting an advantage because not everybody's periods are the same. Asked Eddie Bonine yesterday what can be done, and he said they want language drawn up by January, which is, I mean, that's only two months away. We're right. not, you know, this isn't uh, a really a long time when you're trying to get something like this done, but they want the language done. He's not sure exactly how it can work because... The schedules aren't, not everybody in the state's going to go on the same schedule. However, I would imagine there's going to be a time limit somehow put into effect starting next year. I would assume so. And that's the thing. You know, you, you've got to make this generic to where it's, it, it fits everybody as close as you can. Right. And because this was such an ill fit for schools that are on seven periods compared to block, uh, I mean, just parish by parish, it was so different from right. one just separated by the Red River. So. Obviously, something's got to be done here. And the penalty phase, uh, you know, Bonine has made it clear that he wants to be a pro-child 
director. Right. He wants kids to succeed, and that's something that Jason Rowland said today. He goes, he wants to, A, get out the fat of the LHSA mm-hmm. rule book, trim it up, and make it to where it's easy to follow, right. to where coaches and administrators aren't trying to figure out, right. can we do this or not? Right. Where it's, hey, man, you do this, and here's a penalty. Right. And they want it to be where the kids aren't the ones being punished. I think what he said is he wants some anybody to be able to pick up the rule book and right. read it and understand it. Right. And you know, and we, you know, you hear these things that the LHSA, you know, he's already looked in there and they were paying a guy two hundred fifty dollars a week to cut the grass at the LHSA, hundred right. bucks a week to water the plants, and he said, "This is ridiculous. No, we're not going to do this anymore." Right. And so he's already trimming the fat. He's already making some decisions that are making people happy. And so you know what, Roy? I think some people look at this and go, "Hey, you know what? Maybe this guy can finally solve the." private public debate and that's the other kettle of fish coming soon now the other side and i 100 percent understand the people that when they heard that news yesterday especially on the other side of the river were like you got to be kidding me nothing against the kids it's not i'm I'm not talking about letting kids play or not letting kids play i'm talking about handing out punishment for rules that have been broken because obviously parkway was, was punished in a big way last year this year whether it was intent or not, a rule was clearly broken. Mike Suggs admits the rule was broken. They just didn't know it was going on, and, and, and Bird still gets to be in the playoffs. So I totally understand where Parkway's coming from, or anybody. It doesn't just have to be Parkway, um, but anybody that can s- empathize with Parkway, I understand that. But it, it's, yeah, I'm torn because this was the right decision. But I guess if you're Bo Nine, at some point, and he said this yesterday, listen, that happened, that wasn't on my watch. He said, I can only take responsibility for what happened on my watch and moving forward. So at some point, if you're going to change, someone's going to get screwed, you know, if you go retroactively. So it's right. tough, but I understand where the people would be coming from. And you know what? Here's another thing Jason Rowland said today. And he said, you know, Richard Laverne, again, former Bird principal, stood up and made an impassioned plea on the character of Jerry Badgley and Mike Suggs. He knows both of those men very, very well from their days at Bird together. And he said, you know, I think that had a little to do. He said, I think that swayed some of the uh, votes, to be honest with you. And he said, listening to that, he said, I know the character of Ricky Bryant and David Feaster and Dr. Nicole Bourgeois over Parkway. He said, I think highly of all of them. He said, there's not a guy with more character and who cares more about kids than David Feaster. He said, I recused myself last year from the situation. He said, I should have stood up for them the way that Richard Laverne stood up for Bird yesterday, Mm -hmm. Suggs and and Badgley. He said, and so I apologize that I should have done more for them last year. He said, but I hope that they realize. And he said, I don't know if this is any consequence. Uh, It makes me feel any better, not consequence, but, you know. know, Consolation. Consolation. That. They set the, they, you know, were trailblazers. And he said, I think because they fought it so much and they were so pro-kid last year, and even though it didn't work in their favor, he said, I think that was still in the minds of the executive committee this time around that maybe we did over-penalize Parkway last year. Maybe the kids did suffer too much. Let's not do that again. Well, and to sort of speaking of what you're saying, but, but going on the other side of the fence, Parkway didn't go into last year's proceedings uh, humbly in good, well, that, in good, with a great reputation. Well, they had been on the call in the carpet the year before. Right. You know, a- and, and so the way they acted 
in rounds. You know, Bird went in there not having a pass, basically. And right. I'm not saying not having any pass, like no, they've no, never no. done anything wrong. But, but no, they no, didn't have I, a pass. I think there's something to that. I think that, you know, the fact that Parkway had to go on the road the year before because of uh, a rule violation that right. I still, to me, I thought was more ludicrous two years ago right. than what last year was. Sure. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, the LHSA looks at that. You are right. a repeat offender, so to speak. Right. And Bird, Southwood, and Huntington had not been down the Baton Rouge for right. anything like this in a while. Right. Uh, you know, uh, well, it sucked for last year's group of uh, Parkway kids. Mm -hmm. You know, the Cameron Elofs, the Boo McKnights, the right. Artavius Lynn, those kids. They were a title contender as yeah. well. Oh, they yeah. had a chance to go deep in the oh, postseason. Yeah, absolutely. They were studs. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if it teaches anything, Jerwin Wilson said it the other week, teaches your kids a lesson when something goes, when adults do things to your kids right. that are out of your control, it lets them know that sometimes life isn't fair. Right. You've got to be able to be prepared for it. Uh, the lighthearted part of that, and, I, and then we joked about it on Twitter and text a little bit, one of the funniest things I saw, and it was Russell Hedges uh, originally said it, was I wonder if Bird has to start the GoFundMe account to raise the $1,000 because, uh, you know, they got no resources over there. Yeah. You think you think they're you think they're out on the uh, street corners today with the buckets? Got the boots out, <laughs> raising some money. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was plenty of uh, heavy hitters. I think stepping up for Bird. Yeah, I think. And and listen, the good part of this is if that that rule needed to change, and hopefully they can come to. Well, the rule can't be worse than it is now in terms of inequity. So, hopefully that gets changed. But now you move forward, you've got three teams. Uh, three teams, I would say, that have a legitimate shot in 5A of, um, well, District 5A. Obviously, Evangel's in a separate separate division in the playoffs. Three from District three 1, 5A. that have a chance to yeah. go to the Dome. And I still think Airline's really good. I think Airline, <laughs> if they get the right matchup, mm -hmm. if they get a team that tries to finesse them, right. they'll kill them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Bird and Parkway. Uh, well, Parkway got the... the 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 bird would have been better off playing the team that lost in the semifinals, which would have been St. Aug. Right. You know, two years Last, ago. Right, yeah, right, right. And Parkway would have been better off playing right. someone the other team that are that Acadiana beat in right. the semifinals. Right. And yeah, I think airline I mean dude, Parkway Thomas and Bird are gonna be there well. vying for, for going to the dome at some point. Evangel obviously on the other side in the select, but but airline man, I was really impressed with that. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Bird, and Bird had everybody back last week, uh, except for one kid on defense actually was suspended, yeah. uh, their leading tackler. Right. Uh, Tyler, was it Tyler James? Um, but other Jones. than that, I mean, they toe-for-toe, a couple turnovers here and there, but, but Airline's dangerous. Airline's offensive line and defensive line can go with anybody, man. I'm with you on that. Who wins tonight, Bird or Angel? We have on, on the Prep Fantasy Football, which you can go sign up at the Shreveport Times website, the game, one of the games to pick this week is Bird Evangel. And I'm stunned. It is a landslide Evangel selection. I mean, landslide. And I understand they're undefeated, but that's going to be a good game, isn't it? It's going to be a good game. I think that Evangel has started picking up that momentum of maybe these – you know, oh, man, you know, they're not so bad. Maybe they're not as bad as the one. They're pretty good. Now people are thinking, damn, yeah. this could be the Evangel of old, yeah. you know. Uh, and uh, they're saying it because their defense. Right. The Evangel defense is a wrecking mm -hmm. crew. Now, they haven't faced a team that blocks the way 
Not saying that birds' offensive line is better than airlines because they're not man for man, pound right. for pound. There's nobody on birds' offensive line going to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. But the way that they block the the zone blocking scheme and the it, it is it's truly fun to watch. If you'll concentrate on what Bird does with their offensive line, right. it is fun to watch how those kids move people out of the way with misdirection. Evangel hasn't seen anything like that. Right. If Bird doesn't, the rain going to come tonight could have it a factor. If Bird doesn't do the typical two balls on the carpet, mm-hmm. you know, on the option, right. and if, if they do, recover right. them and yes. recover from that, right. I think they got a chance. If they turn the ball over two or three times to Evangel, I think Evangel wins. Speaking of a turnover, wrapping it up on the Bird Evangel tonight, 15 years ago, Bird and Evangel uh, played in one of the greatest games in the history of the city. Brandon Nightingale rushed for 323 yards for Bird and was the GOAT, if that's possible. He uh, was the, that night he was the GOAT and the GOAT. Yeah, yeah, the greatest of all time and the GOAT, yeah. Running down the sideline, ready to seal the victory for Bird. Not a soul around him, fumbles the ball into the end zone, then kicks it out of the end zone. Um, you had a great story about where you were that night. I was in the Atlantic Ocean in Myrtle Beach on a cell phone. Uh, my then wife had gone to a convention. I'd gone out there with her. And so I was on the phone with, uh, I believe it may have even been Daryl, somebody giving me the play-by-play <laughs> of what was going on. And when I remember nighttime standing all by myself in the ocean yeah. and saying, he what? <laughs> he fumbled? That is so yeah. awesome. That was my first high school football game in Louisiana. And you may have How about not that? seen one like it since. How about that? I mean, that was, I was like, because I was coming from South Florida where I'm like, we kill these fools in yeah. high school football. Yeah. And that first game, I was like, dang, yeah. <laughs> Evangel, who the heck is that? Bert, what's going on? 1,160-something yeah. yards or whatever it was. It was a crazy night. And uh, check out what Brandon Nightingale had to say. You know, he's, it took him a while to get over it. And he thanked guys like Coach Ab, Scott Abernathy. Um, as just being there for him. And, uh, you know, as a kid, to, to go through that, I imagine, was terrible. But now he can sort of joke about it. Yeah, imagine. I think you brought – well, you did. You brought up in the article, what if it had been social media? Uh, Holy smoke. Man, that would have – You'd have to delete your Twitter, yeah, it get been, off Facebook, it would have been ugly. Instagram. Yeah. All right, coming back after this, we're going to talk LSU-Alabama. Hard to believe that took the uh, number two spot this week. But uh, big game in Tuscaloosa. Coming back right after this. Fletch and Roy Show, driven by Chevy Land. Chevy Land proudly recognizes all of you that work so hard to give something back to our community. You are truly a champion, and Chevy Land says thanks. Chevy Land, you know it by the feeling. All we do is well, it's LSU Alabama week, Tuscaloosa, Saturday night. Uh, last I saw, the forecast was 48 and raining, so yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, who does that benefit? Yeah, who does? Well, I mean, that's a good question. It's not like Alabama doesn't have a running game. Uh, Derrick yeah. Henry, uh, Leonard Fournette going toe-to-toe. Number two LSU in the new ranking, uh, the playoff rankings, a- Alabama number four. Basically, this isn't for the for the SEC West, uh, but, it, but it is for the mm-hmm. SEC West, basically. Ole Miss still with a shot. Right, yeah. Ole Miss, but, but I mean, this is, this is the game of the year so far in the SEC. I mean, what – what's your first thought on, on what's going to make the difference? You know, it's uh, the simple thing is, you know, the turnovers, but we've been harping on it all week. LSU special teams has sucked. this Oh year. man, it's been bad. Punt coverage and kick coverage has been atrocious. Right. Uh, Jacob Hester brought up that he was watching, you know, Jacob took a lot of pride in special teams. Sure. He played it. 
and so he pays a lot of attention to it. And he said KJ Malone was the safety on punt return. He said the last guy back on punt on punt coverage. Right. He said he's an offensive lineman. Right. Yeah. He he, Who's he a, running down? Yeah, he's a good athletic offensive lineman. Right. He can you know, you know, right. get away from a blocker maybe. Right. Uh, but, but angling a guy down the sideline. Angling a guy down the sideline. Yeah. You need somebody different than that as your last hope. Right. And so seem like maybe personnel seems like that the scheme we love Bradley Del Pivado to death but mm. you got to hope that these two weeks if you're an LSU fan they've put something together special teams wise they've lost faith in Tredavious White it would we would appear on punt who's who's fielding punts well i think that Tredavious will be there i think because of the injuries why they put Dante Jackson back there yeah uh, you know Les said yesterday that Tredavious is a little gimpy but if he can play, he's going to be their. He's punt made some bad decisions. The bad was it the Auburn game or Florida game where he had the, the one bond, hop? Yeah, that was the Florida game where Florida he, game it, it where one he hopped him and and he at he the five or six or whatever it was. I mean, and he decided to go ahead and try to you know yeah. field it and it ended up being a turnover and ended up providing points. Yeah, and then, you know those are the things that you don't think a junior is going to do. I think Tredavious, uh, him coming back, helps out a couple of ways. I think that. It, I don't know if I'd want a freshman fielding punts if you're if Alabama's punting to you in a tie game with three minutes to go in the game. In the rain. In the rain. <laughs> if I want an 18-year-old kid right. who last year was worried about Susie Q going to the dance with him afterward. Right, right. Uh, and then I don't know if I want, you know, Jalen uh, moves over to the cornerback from the nickelback, but that takes Tredavious out of the lineup if he's not able to play in the secondary. And, man, I just keep saying this. Uh, I, I'll keep wondering when Alabama's going to turn to their big tight end, who's the best tight end in the league, and, you know, will this be the game? And so you're going to have to have all hands on deck in that secondary to bring that hoss down. Right. Um, I really think everybody in the country, obviously he's the leading uh, in unofficial polls, the leading Heisman Four candidate right now. Four to nine right odds now. to win the Heisman. Four to nine. I mean, that's ridiculous. Leonard Fournette. However, I truly think, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this has set the stage for the national coming out party of Brandon Harris. Absolutely. This they have he has improved and the Tigers offense has started to use him more and more and more and let him do more things and this would be the game that it just all comes together. Could be the game. Alabama is a great team, great defense, but if he does what he's been doing and progresses like he has been, this really could not be the Fournette cementing his Heisman, but Harris coming out and Fournette cementing the Heisman. Billy Cannon said yesterday, because Brandon Harris has done a really good job, said I like the way he's grown, and said I like the way that he's now got his receivers not dropping his passes anymore. <laughs> and <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, it helps. And I, and I think it's also telltale that there's six or seven guys now catching passes. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, if you're a quarterback, and whether you know you feel the heat or whatever, if you have confidence that wherever you're going to deliver it, that if I just do my job, they're going to do their job and catch it, right. it may, you have such a freedom to release the ball. You're not holding on to it a little longer. You're not trying to make the perfect pass. And I think that's where Brandon is right now. He's right. not having to make a perfect pass, even though he hasn't made perfect passes. You know, there's some been around. But right, right. just that fraction of a second that goes off in your mind like, oh, Cramp. Right. Dude dropped the last. And, and we will see in this game, you know, Brandon Harris's uh, ability to lead, his, his sort of mental strength, I think, has been questioned. I don't know if question's the right word, but 
Um, we'll see this week. This is the toughest game of his career. If he can lead that team and show composure, and listen, he's going to make him. He's not going to go through the whole season without throwing an interception. It just doesn't happen. But if he makes one in this game, how does he recover from it? This will tell me a lot about not just this season, but what he could do next season. Right. And here's here's the thing I like about what Brandon's done this year, Roy. Anytime, you know, the CBS, ESPN cameras, SEC Network, of course they zoom in tight and right. stuff. I haven't seen Brandon have a, a look other than the same look mm -hmm. all season long. Right. I mean, whether he's through for uh, 97 yards or 268, right. completed pass, incomplete pass, touchdown, right. or whatever, handoff, he has that same Right. Deadpan look. Right. And that steady eddiness, right. you know, that's what you want. And, you know, guys who have been in the huddle and crunch time for LSU, like Jacob, say, man, that was the greatest thing about Matt Flynn. Right. The Auburn game, he said 98,000 people were going bananas. Mm -hmm. He said, but Matt Flynn was not. Right. And he said, right. so that made the 10 of us inside that huddle right. calm down. And that's what Brandon has done so far. He has been nice and calm. If he stays that way, like you said, if he makes a mistake, yeah. Yeah. if he How doesn't do you start recover from getting it, yeah. really upset. Yeah. The one thing that, that hasn't changed, which I would like to see, is and this happened after the Florida game with the quotes from Brandon Harris, who's a great quote. He's great for us, but not for Les Miles necessarily. Immediately off limits leading up to the Alabama game. The kid still goes out and says some things that he, he probably – maybe should keep to himself about how good he is he's confident you know what man let him rip you know and i, I get you know what i understand maybe wait until that after the alabama game right but last time i checked quarterbacks with confidence are you yeah come but does peyton manning tell everybody how good he is no he doesn't have to he's been doing it for 25 years right I leonard fournette doesn't tell everybody how good he is either Heisman pose. Well, that's that's emotion. That's about well. That's about as cocky as you can get. Yeah. Your first touchdown against a one double well, opponent. It's yeah. like the Heisman. It was a pose. freshman. I mean, yeah. I know. But I'm saying, and not that I don't. I love the confidence. Obviously, you can't be a quarterback if right. you're not confident. But it, it's less is realized that okay, let's just let's just let him simmer a little bit, and 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 then we'll let him talk after the Alabama game. And right. hopefully, he's got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah. And uh, what's your prediction then? It's gonna be tough, man. If it's if the conditions are bad and Alabama is the and and I've said this on the show before, the, the craziest atmosphere. Not I'm not saying the best, but is the craziest atmosphere because those people are nuts. They are. They are nuts. LSU's fun and and they are into it, but those fans are it's they're loud. nuts. They're certifiable. It's a loud stadium. Auburn so and. Alabama and Florida, the three loudest stadiums ever. I just think Derrick Henry's really good. He's there, Leonard Fournette. I think, I think Henry's got something to prove too. I think he's kind of yeah. pissed off that everyone's talking about not someone else. I think I think Alabama wins. I really do, Wouldn't, dude. I think there's a reason why they're six and a half point favorite. I right. think they're <laughs> too. a really good football team. Right. I think they've got a lot to go on. I think that their defense is really good. I think that Saban has preached to Jacob Coker, don't you dare screw this up. <laughs> right. You know, right. it hadn't been, hey, we'll let you turn loose, dude. We got right. the running game. We got the defense. I think that Alabama, uh, it's it's a it's a big deal. Right. I think that LSU, here's my deal. If Lewis Neal and Allen Key 
can get in there and wreak a little havoc. Mm -hmm. And I think it's big having Christian Lockatour back in the the middle of that defense. If they can just make Alabama play two-dimensional football with the offense, make Coker throw the ball a little bit, LSU wins the game. I'm going to say LSU wins 27-24. There you go. It's going to be LSU plays well at Tuscaloosa. I mean, probably as well as anybody plays up there in recent history. So. It's going to be a game, that's for sure. Coming back, we're going to wrap it up with the Cowboys and Saints still going in opposite directions. Right after this, Fletcher Roy Show driven by Chevy Land. Chevy Land proudly recognizes all of you that work so hard to give something back to our community. You are truly a champion, and Chevy Land says thanks. Chevy Land, you know it by the feeling. All right, Tim Fletcher, take me back to those days where you were taking that pigskin under center and and getting ready to fire all those touchdowns, right? Um, Dallas Cowboys. Somebody scored. Played the the Seattle Seahawks last week. Uh, Defense played great. Offense was okay until they got near the red zone. And the Dallas Cowboys throughout the game had three third-down situations against Seattle inside Seattle's 25-yard line. Third and 10, third and 10, third and six. They threw the ball five yards, four yards, and like six yards on those three plays. Not once past the stick, not, not, not even past the stick, not even to the sticks. Settled for field goals in all those situations, and it happens all the time in the NFL. They lose by a point, all those field goals they took. But not only did they not convert the third downs, Tim Fletcher, how does an NFL team not take a shot? I don't get it, man. I, I don't understand conservatism in the NFL game. That's why... I am a bigger college fan than I am pro fan because college coaches will go out there and, and roll the dice. They right. will, you know, oh, can't believe they're doing that. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's why they're scoring 70 points sometimes because <laughs> yeah. they will throw right. caution in the wind. They're not the greatest clock managers. We know that. Right. Uh, we, we know that they're dealing with more, you know, smooth brains than, than you know, lumpy brains like all that good stuff. You get a little <laughs> bit more, you know, tires. You're getting straight off the tires. Dude, loosen up. That's why I think the Saints are doing so well that Sean Payton has finally said, you know what, screw it. Let's go for it. <laughs> We're going to win 52-49 or 50-whatever. It's a 56-49. win. 56-49, yeah. You know what? Uh, the Cowboy, Matt, Ca- I mean, and listen, this isn't Matt Castle's fault. As I wrote in my column, you know, he comes in here. This is his first start, whatever, uh, or second start. Was that a second start? Castle's second start? Um this was Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones' fault for putting Brandon Whedon in the position when Tony Romo went down, and Brandon Whedon was completely ineffective. And then you're searching for anything. It's not Matt Castle's fault, but they can't get Tony Romo back fast enough. No. Uh, someone wrote an article today. I forget where it was. SB Nation. Romo at this point is better than Whedon. <laughs> and, yeah, we can throw left-handed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hey, he's got uh, two weeks away from being healed. Yeah. Yeah. He's still got it. Guarantee he's better than those guys. I'm like, yeah, probably is. Now, Philadelphia, Sunday night, big divisional matchup. They're still in the NFC East because 4-4 four and four is leading that division. Uh, Cowboys are 2-5, and five, still in it, especially if they win this game. They're right in the thick of it. Can they beat the Eagles? Yeah, dude, uh, because defense is playing so well. Right. And the Philadelphia offense has been uh, up and down, a little mm-hmm. herky-jerky, you never yeah. know. Right. Um, 
the the Cowboys have exercised one of their little personal demons, I guess, what you could say, yeah. with Dunbar gone. Took so some crazy luggage is gone. Right. Des Bryant a week healthier, a week more. He's gonna be much Castle. better this week than. Got to think last he's week. gonna be at least a five catch, right. seven catch yeah. kind of game for Des much Bryant. Much better. He's I mean, he had Richard Sherman on him last week. That was tough enough. Yeah. Plus, you're coming back from the injury. Let's say Des Bryant catches one of those six or seven yard outs or slants and, and takes takes one of the house. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. They I think the had. Cowboys <laughs> win, man. I keep saying it every week. They're gonna right. win. They're gonna win. They're yeah. gonna win. Now the good news: the Saints' uh, incredible offensive performance, anyway. Um, Drew Brees, uh, you know, listen, uh, you saw all the people on Twitter, oh, I guess Drew Brees didn't washed up, this and that. That was his first game with more than two touchdowns, so let's not get crazy. But it was a freaking incredible game. Um, every time I kept watching, I was at the waiting for the Cowboys game to start, and you just kept seeing this. <laughs> Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, Saints, Saints, Odell Beckham, Saints, Odell Beckham. It was like watching a tennis match. But it's just rejuvenated that fan base, and they're back in the thick of a, of a wild card spot. It's wild, man. Drew Brees has said, wait a minute, trade bait? Yeah. Someone wants to rumor me as trade bait? Yeah. Okay, let's see what we got here. You look at Benjamin Watson, 32 years old. Yeah. Having the best of the year. He's been good, but he's never had. I mean, this is ridiculous. He's put up Jimmy Graham numbers. Yeah. You know, Drew Brees makes the man. He's turned Mm. Willie Sneed into a very good pass-catching target. Right. Uh, He throws guys open. He's showing that he still has some arm strength left. Uh, Ingram's running with a little bit more authority. Losing Kyrie Robinson hurts. Yeah, that will. You know, that's going to be a big But I think loss. Spiller gets a bigger role. Spiller gets a bigger role. Let's see what he can do. Spiller mm-hmm. out of the backfield of the receiver is what yeah. people have been kind of anxious to see. Right. Uh, had, you know, Matt Yoder from AlphaAnnouncing.com is the biggest Saints fan in Columbus, Ohio. Right. And so he's my weekly guest on Tuesday just to talk about Saints. And you do the schedule game. Yeah, ten and six looks like right. it's an option. Tennessee and Washington next. I mean, who scares yeah. you out of that? No, no one. I mean, I mean they got a road game against Atlanta. They got to right. go to Tampa, I believe. They've got uh, Carolina as well. Yeah, ten and six, nine and seven. Yeah, is an option. And ten and six will get you in. Nine and seven, you're you're you you're might be the, there. You're in the ballpark. I mean, it's it's possible, but it's it's fun to have them. You know, we've I've always said it. It's just fun to have the Saints good. The the people are funny. Uh, they're they're full of vitriol. They're full of uh, excitement. It's they're just fun. Yeah, <laughs> they are full of something. It's fun to have them. You got any picks this week? I haven't looked. How did I do last week? By the way, um, you any lost news? every game. Did I really? No, Wait, no, I didn't. <laughs> did I really? I don't know. I did have St. Louis minus eight and a half. I was on them. Uh, I will go first. I got uh, in the NFL tonight. Cincinnati, eleven and a half point favorite over Johnny Manziel in Cleveland. I'm going Cincinnati minus the 11.5, but I can't wait to see Johnny Manziel go. St. Louis, I'm riding that bandwagon. Yeah. Pick them pick at. That's a uh, big one for the Saints as well. Actually, plus 1.5, the Rams at Minnesota. I'll take the Rams plus 1.5. And, and then finally, Denver giving 5.5 at Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis found a little something, but give me Denver minus 5.5. And, mm. and you know what? I'll throw in the Cowboys there, plus 2.5. Let me see the college ones. Uh, yeah. The what, what was the uh, five and a half, or what was the Bama six and a half? Six and a half. Last I saw it. Oh, don't tell me. It's okay. It's dead. I'll take. I'll. It's I'll dead. load up all the the Roy Lang wallet on LSU, and whatever points they're getting. <laughs> yeah, and you're probably six and a half. So you're probably getting about two and a half to one straight up too, if you wanted. I'll do a money line bet. Something Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Harris over under nineteen passes. 
attempt it? Gotta go over. Gotta go over. Leonard Fournette over under 140 yards rushing. Ooh, now that's a good one. Here's the better one. Who has more rushing yards, Henry or Fournette? I think Fournette's gonna have more rushing I think Henry. Okay. I think I really think LSU's gonna lunch. be balanced. We'll do a lunch bit. And it's more because not Leonard Fournette can't run, but I really think Brandon Harris is gonna be utilized in this game. And we'll we'll see of course, you know, a lot of people have been saying that for year and a half and i think there's only really one game where they let him air it out but we'll see yeah. thanks so much uh read this guy every sunday thank you doug. um doug you are the man go a lot of good stuff this week from the brandon nightingale the lhsa stuff uh, go read shreveporttimes.com see you next week fletch and roy show driven by chevy land we could take a bet i just bet that you'll lose every cent show respect all we do is win big